Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, February 28th. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone, and happy last day of February. It's hard to believe it's almost March here. Where does the time go? We got a great show for you today, though. We're going to be talking big news around the world of travel and a little bit about TikTok, too. We also have a hotline for the show. Don't forget, 201-381-3017 is the Travel Pulse podcast number. And joining me on the show now is Gabby Beckford, multi-award-winning content creator and founder of PaxLight.com. Welcome to the show, Gabby. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat today. Yeah, my name is Gabby. My platform is at PaxLight. I'm on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. I'm on a lot of them, but just because I have a lot to share, I share a lot about solo female travel, the digital nomad lifestyle, and my favorite, which is paid travel opportunities, scholarships, grants. I really just am into making travel more accessible for more people. I love that so much. Yes, the the, the better side of, of PTO, a different side of PTO, paid, paid travel stuff. We love that. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, TikTok and the role it plays in the travel scene right now. Gabby has over 330,000 TikTok followers. But before we get into the TikTok stuff, we're going to dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week, as we do for every show, in case this is your first time listening. We're going to dive right into air travel news and some of the stuff there. Hopefully, you were not one of the many impacted on the winter olive um, storm last week. But in the news side of things, we've got some ongoing saga continuing with JetBlue and Spirit and their merger situation. Uh, big news for them, the big positive. They had the flight attendant union came out in support of the merger but we're still waiting to see if that's going to get finalized from the government there. If the government does block it, though, JetBlue came out and they are threatening legal action if they're not allowed to proceed. During an interview with Bloomberg, JetBlue CEO Robin Hayes said that the airline's legal team is ready to fight if needed, and they have been preparing both in-house lawyers and outside counsel as well. And he said, quote, you either accept a world where you have four large airlines who will call the shots with about 20% of the market each, or the rest of us have 20% between us, or you can create a true low fare, high quality national challenger to take on these guys, end quote. Gabby, this has been an ongoing saga. I'm ready for it to end. I cannot wait to write a headline for that it's done. But what were your thoughts on this ongoing uh, JetBlue spirit merger situation? Yeah, I see it from a lot of perspectives. Uh, I guess I should first say that I am not a loyalist for JetBlue or spirit, but I do like that the flight attendants have you know, come together in support of the merger because it benefits them. I've always liked to see travel industry employees get a raise or, you know, get better benefits and have a better experience working in the travel industry. So I'm all in support of that. As a traveler, I I still have a lot of questions as to how it will shake out in actuality if the merger goes through. JetBlue and Spirit are more affordable airlines. And like, what will that do to that budget airline industry and competition there? Will prices increase? What does that mean for me? Like I said, I'm not on budget airlines every single day, but does that mean the the other big airlines, Deltas, the Southwest, the United, will those prices go up? Like, is competition going to be good or bad? So I have those general questions. If I had to lean either way, I'd say, yeah, I let the merger happen, you know? Like, make, right. let it happen. I guess I'm, I'm for it. I'm, I'm ready for it, too. I think it, you can present a good challenger. I mean, obviously, you're going to have price hikes ebb and flow as part of the industry. So I think that's just going to be natural. And what we have, you know, in this is a potential challenger. That would be good for the industry. You know, more competition can breed better success on, on other ends. So and speaking of competition, that gets us into our other airline news story here. Wi-Fi on planes. Southwest came out last week recently, and they are increasing their Wi-Fi costs. They will now charge $8 per flight segment for Internet instead of $8 per day. Meanwhile, Delta is basically a full month into offering free Wi-Fi on 
Wi-Fi, yeah, why, that's the, we're going to coin a new term <laughs> now, I can't speak, yes, Wi-Fi on flights. So, I mean, the air travel experience, it can be daunting at times, and as, as I said earlier, last week was the winter storm olive, that's, you know, forced delays and cancellations for many, that was a, a tough time. We all know the seats remain awful out there unless you're, you know, paying big bucks for the first class style or uh, we're still flying, though. You know, we're still out there flying. So I, I, free Wi-Fi, I think, would go a long way in improving the overall air travel experience. Gabby, I, I think we need free Wi-Fi on all U.S. flights. Uh, I'm, I think a lot of people listening right now can agree on that. But the odds of that actually happening in the next year, next five years, or is it just a pipe dream? What, what do you think on the, the odds of, of that actually happening? The next year, not so much, but I think Delta offering free Wi-Fi on their flights really is going to push the competition to step up. I think in the next five years, it could be plausible. Um, just free Wi-Fi in general, I guess, when I'm traveling outside the United States, like free Wi-Fi in parks, Wi-Fi becoming more available in cafes. like It's just becoming more often uh, more popular that people are working remotely or want to be in constant communication because of social media. Like Just the year 2023, prompts having free wi-fi everywhere so i think the other airlines just have to get it together and i I think in the next five years yeah they will there will be enough gloating and and happiness on delta flights that the other airlines will get jealous and they'll probably just like one day open offer and and offer it so i'm hopeful at least right i think it's got to be the industry standard sooner than later i mean i understand where Southwest come from it's it's a it's a dollar's game out there they're 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 after the greens for sure as all airlines are they're all a little greedy we can all say that but yeah, we, we need that. We crave that, I think, as we're that's where we're at as a society right now. We need that Wi-Fi and we can get it in so, so many different places. Not so great on cruise ships out there looking at you, industry. But hey, <laughs> you know, one step at a time here. Let's get to the Wi-Fi in the, in the skies here, industry standard-wise. And I think there could be enough pressure o- over time and hopefully they'll do that. And then, you know, that'll raise the regular fare of an air, airfare. But we're still flying, people. We, airlines, we're still flying. It's, 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 it is what it is. Absolutely. I agree. I think that... I think people would rather pay an extra $20 when they're booking their flight than to be on a flight for five hours that it's not included. So hike it up the 10, 15 bucks uh, flight. Like I'll do that. I right, want yeah. Most people wouldn't even notice in that standard yet. So jumping over to the hotel side of things, got some industry check-ins with some new studies that have recently come out highlighting the challenges and strengths of the hospitality industry as it continues to bounce back from the impact from the coronavirus pandemic. According to SDR's Hospitality Industry Sentiment Survey, labor-related issues and energy and utility costs are among the top challenges for global hotel and travel industry professionals. Other industry challenges include consumer confidence, supply chain issues, business and group travel being depressed and limited, increased competition, and the reduced number of international visitors. Also coming out recently was the American Hotel and Lodging Association's new data, too, and they have it at 80% of hotels respondents from them are experiencing staffing shortages, with 22% saying the shortages are severe and 41% saying housekeeping is their top hiring need. To get back to get people back to work, though, they're saying that 71% of the surveys have increased their wages, 64 have are offering greater flexibility, and 33 have actually expanded upon benefits, and they're all saying that uh, attempting to fill an average of seven positions per property. All that said, though, hotel-generated state and local tax revenue is set to reach records in 2023. As we know, inflation and pricing is up everywhere. But Gabby, you have traveled a lot over the last few years here. And uh, what has stood out to you in hotels as, as we do sort of an industry check-in here um, in all your many U.S. and international travels? Yeah, definitely in top pandemic peak years, um, staffing was a huge issue. Just generally less Visitors, of course, but less staff buzzing around the hotels, longer wait times on getting your food at the restaurant or getting checking, getting checked in. There's just one person, you know, checking everybody in. So that's something I noticed. Um, it improved a lot last year as people started getting back out there. But this year, I 
am interested to see with the huge price, like with the huge hikes in prices and the increased general sentiment about travel and safety and everything like that, how the quality will be. Um, during the pandemic, to be honest, if I was traveling, it was pretty quiet as, as far as like crowds and prices and everything's like that. So I, I enjoyed the quality more. Maybe there was a longer wait time, but it was because of less uh, less people that I had a better quality experience. So this year being the year after the year of revenge travel, the revenge, <laughs> revenge travel year, we'll see. Uh, we will see. I, I think that my goal is going to be uh, to disperse, maybe get out of those bigger cities to get a, a good quality travel experience this year. So... That's the way to do it. Yeah. Avoid crowds. If you, if that's your, if it's your focal point and you know, some of the big cities out there that so many people crave and then are the popular destinations time and time again, they're going to run into some, some staffing issues. That's still an issue as mm -hmm. we see from the data is showing us, but you know, I would say the luxury side of, of travel isn't really experiencing too much of there. The, the service, you know, that's where I think a lot of hotels and stuff are, are focusing their level of service is to hitting those high dollar clients and making sure that they're taken care of. And maybe that's, you know, spilling over to some of the, you know, other, uh, lesser, I don't want to say brands or, or how do I, how do I want to properly put this? Like, but essentially, yeah, the, you know, if you're uh, a budget side of things or you're, uh, you're not paying top dollar, you might run into a bit more of a service issue. And hopefully, you know, things are a little bit better this summer than they were in the chaoticness of, of 2022 summer of hell as some media outlets love to call it. I don't think it was that extreme, but you know, it was, it was not pleasant at, in certain areas of the travel sector, but I, I have higher hopes for, for 2023 here. I think that the demand is still there and yeah, people, the jobs are available. So if you need a job out there, you know, people but, you know, work in the travel industry some way that it, it, it's there's available jobs. Absolutely. I think this would be the time that travel, you know, travel jobs got cut first during the pandemic. And now that they're trying to rehire and get these staff back up to full capacity, you know, this might be the time to, to shift back like the travel industry is coming back and having just come back from my trip to British Virgin Islands at the beginning of this year, it was a luxury trip. And I can say that the quality was quality of the staffing experience, quality of the stay, housekeeping, everything was top notch. If anything, they were really excited to see, you know, the increase in tourists coming back. So from that angle, absolutely. I think you may even luxury people or those luxury travels may not notice the, the hike in price, but Hopefully they notice the hike in, in quality and experience too. Yeah, because that's going to go a long way too, and especially how these luxury travel sector uh, folks are going to be putting their dollars toward uh, in the future. So it's interesting too on the housekeeping side of things. I particularly don't love my room cleaned every single day when I'm at hotels. I do put the the sign on. I don't I don't I don't need that. That's me personally. Some people are like I need that all the time, and they hated it during the pandemic when hotels were like. We're not coming in. We're not cleaning. This is what it is type of thing. And some hotels are leaning with that. Others are realizing that people are requesting that more. And that's why they're, you know, housekeeping is a big staff needed. But that's my personal preference on that. I don't, I don't need you to come run a room every single day when I'm on, I'm, I'm on a trip, you know, and stay out of my room. That's, stay out of my room. <laughs> I agree. I actually agree with you. Yeah. I think a lot of people out there are, are that way, but there are, I've run into so many travelers who are like, no, I need this and I need that. And it's stat. And it, it's like, all right, touche. That's how you used to be. You're, you're spending top dollar. Then, you know, you get what you want, I guess. And depending on, you know, the, the actual hotel that you're staying at and what they can deliver on that. I was going to say that I think during the pandemic, a lot of us, whether we liked it or not, had to get used to the staff and housekeeping not coming every single day. So as we, if you did travel during the pandemic, you just kind of got used to that. So now 
um, if you have a limited trip, if you are a full-time worker or you have limited time and you have a three-day vacation, let's say you may want housekeeping to come every single day. Like, you know, you have a limited trip, you want that perfect experience. Sure, you can be kind of uh, nitpicky about that. But those of us who travel a little bit, maybe long-term, four days, five days, maybe a week or two, um, you're not so particular about that. And if anything, you've gotten used to it. And with the pandemic, you don't want people coming in and out of your room anyway. So I'm of the same vein. I'm not too particular. I'm barely in the room myself. I'm out exploring, so I don't need you know, the fluff and feathers every single day, but just, yeah, right. every few days, I think that's fine. And as long as it's quality, I'll leave a tip and that's all I care about. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I definitely don't need you coming in my room and retucking my sheets underneath. The, that's, <laughs> that's the first thing I do when I get in a hotel, just untuck that. I'm, I don't need, I don't need to be trapped in my, my sheets there. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but, I don't need that fight every day, just the first day. Right, yeah. Jumping over to Destination News as we round up what is trending in the world of travel. Taiwan came out and they are paying travelers to visit this year. The government of Taiwan, that's right, they're offering the equivalent of $165 to individual tourists and up to $658 to tour groups who visit this year. It'll be in cash rewards, so you can spend it in Taiwan as you please. Earlier this month, Hong Kong came out and with a free air ticket offering. So, you know, some destinations trying to lure the tourism in, especially over there in Asia, where they are taking a little bit longer to start their tourism rebound, but it's picking up. So, Gabby, which one would you prefer? Cash rewards or a free flight? And are there any destinations where you're like, please do this next, or, or hopeful that a destination gives out any other freebies like this next? I want my cash rewards. Um, oh, I'm a, luckily, I think very luckily more flexible in my travel dates. So I would think I would be able to get maybe a flight deal or, you know, fly that Sunday at 2 a.m. when no one else wants to fly and be able to get a lower flight cost because of that. So I'd rather the cash so I can get as much in my pocket and be able to spend it in that destination um, as possible. So that's my preference. And as far as other destinations that I hope give out freebies, Australia was closed a lot during the pandemic. So if yep. Australia wants to pay me to go out there, it's a pretty long flight. It's pretty, uh, it's moderately expensive once you get there, depending where you go. But definitely Sydney is one of those cities that it'll cost you to go to. So if Australia wants to throw out a free flight or free hotel stay or those cash benefits, that would definitely incentivize me to go because yeah, that flight itself is 24 hours. So I'll take right. any help I can get. Yeah, it's a, it's a long journey. So yeah, any incentives that Australia can toss out that in New Zealand as well. And I'm, I'm sure that that would... It would be uh, well-received around the industry. Um, yeah, I, I would actually take the free flight. So I'm, I'm glad we're a little different here. I, give me the free Ooh. flight. I, I'm, I'm okay with, you know, if there's, you know, stipulations on certain dates or certain seats or whatever. I don't mind. I'll, I've, I've done a few different long-haul flights of being in economy. So I'll uh, I'll get up and walk the aisles. I'll, I'll power through knowing that my free free flight is is carrying me along the way, if you will. So I, I'll, I'll take the free flight. I'm curious what our listeners out there, podcast at travelpulse.com is the email. Let me know what you think on cash rewards versus free flight, which is your freebie that you would want to take on that. And destination-wise, yeah, I'll jump on the Australia-New Zealand trend and uh, anyth anything else in Japan, honestly. I think in, in Japan, uh, Singapore, Thailand, any other Asian destination you want to get out of all these freebies because your competition is doing it. So let's let's see you reel us in with what other freebies you can entice. So uh, cash or flights or hotels or any anything. I think the entire uh, consumer traveler base out there, even travel agents too out there, we're, are going to be like, hey, any any sort of deal we can latch onto right now, please and please and thank you, right? <laughs> Absolutely, I'm not picky. I will go to any and all of those destinations. Whoever wants to incentivize me most, so I think that's a great competitive edge right now. Like, yeah, please, please, whoever can give the best benefits, <laughs> right? Yeah, especially with high uh, price hikes and inflation and thoughts of a looming recession, and you know, people are still spending their dollars on travel. So you know, you got to do what you can to to stand out on that. Exactly, I agree. 
That wraps up what has been trending in the world of travel in the last week. Any additional thoughts, you can drop me in line at podcast at travelpulse.com. Now we're going to jump over to the theme of this week and around TikTok's travel scene. So Gabby, TikTok is a massively popular app. It cannot be ignored out there. I know some people listening are like, TikTok, what is this? Or, you know, if you've waited, you listened to the trending part and you were curious about this, we're, we're going to drop some insights here, Gabby. What is the travel scene on TikTok like? How popular is it? What What's trending over there? Um, a lot of what we talked about previously on this call so far is, is also trending on TikTok, you know, social media. It's like art reflects life and light reflects art. So we're, we're talking about the same things over there on social media. Definitely the inflation um, in the economy, budgets getting tighter, but interest in travel increasing in that dichotomy. Like, how are we going to budget our way through our adventures this summer? Um, destinations are hot this year as the revenge, revenge year of travel happens. So everyone wants to go to those hot places. Greece is always popular, but this year seems more than ever. Every single other TikTok on travel TikTok is about Greece. Japan finally opening it up and people finally having the PTO to go this summer. Everyone wants to go to Japan. And I'm on the same train. So I'm like, how can I do it on a budget? And people are kind of sharing those hacks and tips uh, more than ever of how they can do it on a budget when you can go without the most crowds. Um, other things on travel TikTok I've seen are have to do with the weather. I mean, the, the cherry blossoms in DC and in Japan have already started blooming. That's a huge point of interest so far. Like people who are planning to see them in March are like, am I going to be able to see them at the time frame I want to go to? Cause they're already peak bloom, you know? Um, yeah. Some, some things I've seen on TikTok this week. Yeah, destination inspiration, always a big draw on that. I mean, pretty pictures, pretty video can easily suck people in too. And I know I've seen a lot of different tips and hacks and stuff too. And yeah, I think this is interesting with TikTok too. It's not necessarily all ways uh, short clip videos. They do have a bit longer videos, I think um, up to, what is it, 10 minutes now? I don't, I don't know how many in the travel side of things are doing maybe long form stuff minutes, on, yeah. on, on TikTok as far as long form. But I think most of it's a little quick hitter stuff. But I mean, even even just searching for travel on there, you can get inspiration there before, you know, get some better visuals than, you know, Google. We just go to their browse page. You can actually do it on desktop too. I don't think a lot of people realize that, that TikTok is available on desktop. You can get an app for it on that. So you can find a lot of travel inspiration there too. And I think one thing that with, with TikTok that I've, I've seen is the app is it's, it's ageless, you know, it's any any boomers out there listening right now, you know, there there are other boomers on TikTok and posting and there's definitely value in the app beyond just, you know, Absolutely. what people what the trendy topic of like kids dancing or whatever, right? Yeah, I think that in the bigger media sphere, TikTok gets pretty simplified as, you know, dances or drama or, you know, what, I don't know, whatever the kids are talking about, but really it's a powerful search engine. So, and during the pandemic, I learned this firsthand when I was looking for the most updated guidance on flights or the most updated guidance on requirements to enter a country. TikTok is where I went because someone could post a video five minutes ago from that destination that was up to date and that was more reliable than Google. So especially now that you can use it from desktop reliably, I absolutely use it as a tool to to serve my travel needs. There's so many websites or there's so many TikTok accounts rather that focus on airfares now. And well, I had that as an email newsletter before, which I still have. TikTok, you know, I could just be scrolling and see a, a surprise flight to Japan that's 500 bucks. And in that moment, I'm on my phone, I could pop over and book it. Like it's just that quick. So I, I love TikTok. It's my alert center. It's my SEO. It's all in one. Right. Yeah. And I remember when Twitter was first kind of taking over, I was in college and it was sort of the new wave of, of social media there before Instagram really was. It was challenging Facebook, if you will. And it was a great source for news. And I remember uh, over the years, I would go there first to try to find news information. And then 
he kind of saw that a little with Instagram. Not really. It was more about just posting pictures. But yeah, I feel like TikTok is really taking that on and really, really challenged Twitter in that regard as a, of a news aspect of trying to get some information of, and like you said, especially during the pandemic time, let me see a video from someone actually on the ground and doing stuff there as opposed to, let me Google it and see what's out there. I mean, I we, we post the news and everything, but yes, on, on Travel Pulse, but if you want to see something visually, if you're a visual person out there, then yeah, you, you need that. And that this app is certainly serving that in that regard. And it's, it's, it's good for good for the industry at large. And I think everyone needs to really pay attention to TikTok. If you are doing any sort of social media out there, you shouldn't just brush it off, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's more powerful and it evolves every day. Every, um, if you're on the platform, you'd see that it, it changes every single day, how the algorithm works, what videos are pushed to you, how, what you interact with changes, what is shown to you. Um, I feel like it's evolving into a more powerful tool every single day. So if you anyone's listening who hasn't used it yet, I definitely think this is the time to start getting your feet wet because I think it's not going anywhere. And if anything, it'll become even more useful. Great. Yeah. And speaking to that, I think that jumps into the next one I wanted to ask you is, you know, kind of advice for our travel advisor listeners right now. There, a lot of them don't have TikTok. They're just doing Facebook or Instagram and they're, you know, putting on that and maybe they need to jump into TikTok. What would be your advice to, uh, to a travel advisor out there? Because there are several travel advisors out there on TikTok who are succeeding. I've, I've met them. I've come across them. But what an influencer, you know, perspective broadwise here. Um, and, you know, you being a Gen Z too is targeted as uh, that is sort of what a lot of people think is, you know, solely for TikTok. But it's beyond that. As we said, it's ageless. So what would be your advice to our travel advisor listeners out there? I would say that now more than ever, people are looking for travel advisors, which might come as a shock. You know, the more information available, you think more people would be wanting to do their travel booking and planning and the the inspiration, like, oh, I'll just do it myself. But really, a lot of people are overwhelmed by the amount of information that's on TikTok, that's on social media in general. So I've seen so much push for, can someone just help me? Can someone just do this for me? Like, I'm so burnt out from this massive information overload. Can someone just do that? And that's where travel advisors can swoop in and be the hero. So I think this is a great time to be on social media and to be on TikTok in particular and start growing your organic audience of people who might turn into customers. Um, So I'd say my advice for travel advisors who want to get on TikTok, keep it high level, keep it value driven. Um, Every video that you post, I'd say keep it to one point, one call to action per video. Keep it simple. Like I said, people are overwhelmed, like confused. Keep it really simple. Um, And then consistency is everything. And if you've investigated TikTok at all, you might have heard, you know, posting often, post multiple times a day. Like that's what I think every social media algorithm wants is feed the beast, but really focus on, (laughs) right. Is is really focus on consistency post once a week, post once a month and really get into that flow of posting and then getting feedback from your audience. I think that's how the best TikTokers grow is not um, thinking of the latest trend or looking for the best deal or trying to be the best, best, best. It's by being consistent and being trustworthy with your audience and then trusting that you'll be able to show up, you know, somewhat consistently and building that trust over time. Um, And my last tip for, travel advisors who want to start creating on TikTok is that creating a new video from scratch is kind of overwhelming. I'll totally admit to that. Like you just start the camera and you're like, okay, now what do I say? Um, And I think the best way that people can create is by using TikTok's native features. So if someone else posts a video and you want to add commentary to it, that's a great TikTok to post. You don't have to invent an idea or invent a, uh, a script or anything, you know, comment on someone else's post. Or if you see a trend that's trending generally on social media, just comment on that and add on to other people's ideas instead of feeling like you have to craft your own from scratch from the bottom up. I think that's a great piece of advice right there because it can be overwhelming. I know 
I, I posted on our work page, uh, and I have a personal one, but I, I use that for uh, time suck, if you will. <laughs> time TikTok can be that, you know, but you can get lost into so many different, you know, great travel things too, and a lot of other stuff. But yeah, I think that provide showcase your value, you know, to my advisor listeners out there. You can you can reel in clients from social media apps. You've probably done it from Facebook or Instagram, so. Don't ignore TikTok because it's there. And, you know, a lot of the, the youth is on there, too. So Gabby is a Gen Z. So for her, I think any, you know, millennial travel advisor or boomer advisor listening right now to hear from a Gen Z that other Gen Zs out there are needing you as an advisor, you know, that that's great. That's great for the industry. That's really strong for the advisor community moving forward in the future here. So don't ignore the platforms that they're on, you know, find those customers there because they need you. Yeah, you said it perfectly. Yeah, and as far as uh, for your take, as far as the supplier side, though, how do you think travel brands out there can best utilize TikTok? I saw a headline earlier this week that like Hilton Hotels is doubling down on TikTok and marketing, and there was some interesting comments from their uh, marketing people and stuff like that. But I'm I'm curious as far as the the brand aspects. We've got suppliers let's listen to the show too. How can they maximize TikTok? As far as being a consumer, I mean, of the TikTok platform, I love to see brands who engage authentically on the platform. It builds trust with the brand, honestly. So a big brand or uh, supplier, let's say like Hilton, um, I don't necessarily want to get all of the latest Hilton news. I don't necessarily want to learn the history of the company on TikTok because I want TikTok to be entertained. I'm on TikTok to build relationships, to have a good time. Um, and while value is great, if you can sneak it in there, and I think that should be the strategy is like post something entertaining, sneak in the value, sneak in the history, sneak in the the brand trust. What I really want is to be entertained and to by being entertained, build trust with you. So uh, suppliers who want to get on TikTok, I would say hire Gen Z's. <laughs> they're on the platform natively. They post native content. They're into the trends. They're on it on their own time right before they go to bed. They're they're scrolling through it obsessively. Like they'll be able to speak the language of social media that will sound authentic and build trust instead of, you know, trying to attack it from an analytical angle or trying to be a strategist. Um, I think be authentic, use the native features of the platform. And I, what I want from a brand is to not interrupt my scrolling experience because it might be supplier and then it might be friend, friend, my favorite influencer friend, and then another supplier. I want it to be seamless. I don't want to be interrupted by an ad or interrupted by uh, a more sale piece of content, you know? So really just try to get in where you fit in, be authentic to your brand voice. Don't switch up just because it's TikTok, but also focus on entertainment. That's what the platform's about. Yeah, that's certainly key. I think that's great advice for any of the supplier listeners out there being authentic and, you know, experiment a little bit with it. But at the same time, I think that was great advice on you want to want to reel the consumer in on that. They almost like you're, you know, posting something that they don't really know it's actually you as a brand, you know, but they can, there's subtle nuances that the brand is there. So that's, you know, pulling from, you know, commercials where they can sort of do that, but trying to fit that into TikTok. It's a challenging thing for, for suppliers out there. And, you know, some are doing better than others. You can tell, I think, when someone doesn't have a, a Gen Z on some of their <laughs> comments on you. You can tell when someone's it's something's like a little bit forced and you're like, what? So at least yeah, I've seen it. doesn't that, ring so. quite true. Exactly. And, you know, that can be endearing too. Like you can tell when brands are trying to get on TikTok and they're like, we don't have any idea what we're doing. This is Jessica. We hired her. People love that actually. And so not that you necessarily have to disguise yourself as a Gen Z to do well on TikTok, but be authentically you, be what's true to your brand. Maybe those uh, legacy brands that have been around for hundreds of years. I don't expect you to start doing dances, but bring what makes you the, the the true value of your company and your company mission. Bring that to TikTok and just make it modern and make it entertaining. And you know whether that is seamless or whether it's unseamless, it could work either way. 
So stay true to you. And like the right audience will find you. And it's funny how TikTok works. A few seconds, people say something is like, oh, that's obvious. It doesn't fit in. And the next seconds, they're rallying around it and saying like, yeah, go you, be you. Like, don't change just because you're on TikTok. I love to see it. So just be authentic. Yeah, I think that's great advice for for all of the listeners out there, whether you're a consumer, an advisor, or a supplier side. So thank you so much, Gabby. I really appreciate it. Let's, uh, let's get your, your your time to shine here. What's a, Tell me a little bit more about your TikTok, if you will. How can people follow you? Anything else you want to plug here as we wrap up? Thank you. Yeah, if you're interested in, in getting in on TikTok and at least learning from an influencer side who's grown on the platform as a consumer and a creator, I do have a creator course uh, for TikTok. I found that brands find it useful as well as the budding creator. So it's packsite.com slash crush TikTok, all lowercase crush TikTok uh, spelled normally. And yeah, look into it. Um, I'd be happy to have a few of you take my course and and see what I have to say. Um, But you can find me on TikTok and just follow me and just from consuming my content, see the tips and tricks I use too. I'm at PaxLight, P-A-C-K-S-L-I-G-H-T on TikTok and all social media platforms. And like I said, I'm just really about making travel more accessible to more people. And I know that's what everyone here listening either wants to be that person who's traveling more or help do that for other people by virtue of mission or business. And so I'm happy to connect with all of you. Yeah, and a little bit more on the the PTO, the paid time, the, the scholarship offerings that you're doing. I'm, I'm, that, I think a lot of our listeners might, will be intrigued about that because they've got kids out there who who need that information too. Yeah, I'm so excited to announce that actually Monday of this week, I launched my own first PAX Light travel scholarship. It's called the Study Abroad Redo. If anyone at any time in their life uh, wanted to study abroad, but didn't for whatever reason, you didn't go to college, you tried, but it got canceled by COVID. Any reason, I want to give away five, five thousand, or sorry, give away three $5,000 scholarships to help anyone anywhere uh, travel and study abroad and have a redo chance at that. So there's more information on my website, paxlight.com slash S-A-R-G, study abroad redo grant. And that's those types of scholarships, grants, fellowships, funded opportunities are things that I share all the time on my platform. I can't say it enough. I love making travel more accessible. And a huge part of that is financial. I think a lot of people have hopes and dreams and inspirations but when it comes down to budgeting for it travel sometimes just doesn't make the top of their list of you know survival needs so i want to help make that make that priority a reality uh and get more people taking flights and having the life-changing experiences that i've had so like i said i'm at Paxlight on all social media platforms you can learn more of what i do at paxlight.com too but that's really the crux of it is getting more people on flights and and connecting through travel I love that. Yes. Study abroad redo. I, I did not do one of those and I, I wish I had, but now I work in the travel industry and that's sort of, I think, where, what guided me and even further into the travel industry of wanting to be here because I wanted to do one, but just didn't. So I'm sure there are a number of people out there listening who, who fall into that or certainly know someone who fall into that. So definitely check that out. Gabby, thank you so much for joining today. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to jump on and talk travel. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Thanks again to Gabby for jumping on the show and talking all things travel. That is going to do it for us this week on the show. If you could leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, I would greatly appreciate it. Podcast at travelpulse.com is the email if you want to reach out and drop me a line. I love hearing from you folks. And your phone calls have been really entertaining as well. 201-381-3017 is the Travel Pulse podcast number. That is all the time we have for this week. Stay tuned for next week. I will be talking a little bit about spring break travel, so don't want to miss that. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great week.